Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for movie and television lovers. We have just come off our annual March Madness series, which means we did not get a chance to weigh on weigh in on this year's Oscars coverage. But luckily, we're here to do it today, several weeks late, which people love. <laughs> That's how yeah, we do. Timely. <laughs> but I cannot do it alone because I'm also joined by my tax-evading laundress, Sonia Stanger, and the <laughs> cocksure pilot that listens to nobody, Jeremy Leguie. Uh, yeah, no, uh, thanks, Sean. I bought, I bought this. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a uh, hold my hand, hold my hand. Oh, right. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, Gaga. How are you guys today? Doing, How was your okay. snowy um, evening? You, you know what, Sean? No, I wasn't going to bring it up. But now that you <laughs> asked, now I didn't you mean to open started. up Pandora's uh, box. I think that there should be a city bylaw. I know they passed one about people shoveling their walkways and whatnot, and I understand the practicality of it, but there should be, like, I should only have to shovel 15 times, and, like, oh, maintenance and, shovels, and your punch like, card whatever. Is out, yeah. Yeah, like, like I'm talking, like, like full-on, like, there is five to eight inches of snow literally everywhere that needs to be shoveled. It's heavy and sad, and, like, listeners, don't shovel. We can be done. We're, we're, no. We all get it. We wow. all this is finished. Jeremy's only Jeremy's opinion. Don't find us. This attack you, we, on pedestrians. We we can we're all pedestrians, Sanj. We can trudge for three more days before Tr- it melts. Okay, but I literally have to trudge everywhere I go. Uh, that's this is true. I this don't is just fair. trudge to a vehicle. Every I, I day I trudge. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> witness my struggle, Jer. But See can we, me. Like, can we not just can you not just hang out at home for two two three two to three more before you really get out there? Lock and yourself in. Free. That is what I I do that mostly. But so. then you'll be free. Then you'll be out there moving. Hmm. Just well, saying. this is one of the hottest takes that I've heard. Yeah, I was going <laughs> Especially that got us going. Related to, to Oscars coverage. Man, man responsible for shoveling is over it. <laughs> is tired of snow in April, but that's reasonable. That's true. We should. There just needs to be some sort of mechanism. Okay, that's all we need. We we need to be um, putting hot coals underneath all our sidewalks to just melt. Is that a good idea? Okay. Yeah. So let's engineers right in. Okay, let's get into this. (laughs) So, um, spoiler alert: all of the nominees have been nominated, and then the winners have been crowned. But was there anyone on the list of nominees that you felt was a bit of an omission that you thought could perhaps be there? Well, the big one for me is I'm just surprised by the complete absence of Jordan Peele's Nope. That's what I I was going to say. That is precisely what I was going to say, too, Sonia. Nothing for best best supporting for Kiki, I thought. Best yep. supporting, even for Daniel Kaluuya, could have got, and then yeah, best film, best director, any of these could have gotten a nod, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Even but... like writing. Yes, uh, screenplay, please. Yeah, I thought I thought writing for sure was going to go down, and I was really surprised, surprised not to see. But also, I do feel like kind of in like I'm like overall like just looking at the the full picture for what it is. I do feel like there are like. 20% like weird movies sort of popping up here and there and then 80% the same the same yeah. eight things um, and I do I always like we talk about this every year and I, I still don't know if I have a 
my head around it. But like, are there types of movies they're just not going to nominate? Like, is that is that what it is? It used to be, and then things have kind of changed. Mm-hmm. A lot of the best picture nominees this year, I'm like, what? Yeah. To be honest, um, I will say. Sorry, I just want to uh, put an addendum to my previous comment. Instead of Daniel Kaluuya, I would put Stephen Yeun because mm. he would definitely be a great supporting actor. Mm. Um, anyway, that's sorry, Daniel. But yeah, it, there's sorry, a lot Daniel. of. Well, he could be best. He could be best. <laughs> he best could be best. Best actor. Like best picture nominees, like Top Gun, Avatar. Like these are kind of not really at Oscar-y movies can we agree well i think it's well okay so I'm... answer the question well <laughs> give your opinion <laughs> okay. while i think about mine <laughs> okay um yeah i don't need to think so that's good i'll just shoot from the hip um yeah i don't know i feel like avatar maybe is a bit of the cameron effect and he really has sold sold the people on how like this is some big overture of his that he's been working on forever. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I can't really comment. But it is like I would say if he, if it wasn't a James Cameron, I wouldn't expect Avatar to be nominated for Best Picture. Um, Top Gun. Uh, I see what you mean, like in terms of genre, but I guess as like a a cultural touchstone. Yeah, maybe like, I'm not that surprised. I I guess. It is coming from a place of like, I saved cinema this year or whatever, mm. but mm-hmm. but it, I think it was just t- time and place. Like, it could have been any sort of big blockbuster. I, again, I have not seen Top Gun. I don't really want to. I don't care. Well, and but, I've heard like I have heard that it's really good and that that's like better than the first one. So, but what, I'll ta- but what I'll does talk that about Top Gun. but what does that mean? You know what I mean. Like, uh, well, friend of the show, uh, friend of the show, friends of the show, James Brotheridge and Rhiannon Ward said I've to heard. me that it was like the perfect action movie in a lot of ways. Okay. Uh, wife, so, wife of the show feels the same way. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of love for Top Gun Maverick under this under this roof. It is <laughs> this uh, the whole thing, like kind of go back to like the whole the thing as a whole. It is weird because we grew like in the 90s. It was best dramatic movie. That's what yeah. it was. That's what like, it was. Like yeah. hardcore. And we all saw those very Oscar baby whatevers. And you just knew. Like it was just like the one that was the saddest or that made you cry. The, you know, like all these factors. And then the action movies just weren't there. That mm-hmm. was the rule. And I think that's part of why we think this is weird. But I think that they're trying to make it seem like it's an impact thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like, like Avatar <laughs> made the biggest waves. Um, yeah. wow. <laughs> uh, not, not because you know it's like the best thing ever, but from a certain pr- perspective, it is a lot of what movie making is about because mm. it's about pushing all these technical limits and like it's, it's about Kate big... Winslet having to hold her breath for several minutes for no real reason whatsoever. <laughs> Twenty minutes. <laughs> like, like, like we're still gonna put an animated cartoon in front of you, Kate. So we don't really need to do it. And yet we, <laughs> we still literally need don't to. need you to do that. Like, literally, there's literally you can just shove a hose of hair in her mouth, and it will look the same. <laughs> Jeremy, um, I, I guess title but, that is hose of hair. <laughs> hose of hair. <laughs> um, but it is just this thing of like art, like. Are we celebrating technical achievement? Because then these movies kind of make sense. 
uh, are we well, celebrating and, and that's money? Somewhat diminished by the fact that like the technical Oscars don't even get to be part of the the full thing, right? So yeah, then they're like they get sidelined to their own little ceremony. If they're gonna <laughs> yes. get anything, yeah, if technicals, they should. They're not gonna be shown. They're given their flowers at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that there's ten best picture nominees is a lot. So it's like yes. there's gonna be a. There's going to be at least four that you're like, you have zero chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, you know, honestly. I'm well, looking at you. We'll, talk, <laughs> we'll yeah. talk about everything everywhere all at once. But like going up against that is super hard. Yeah. Because it, kind of, it kind of is a flawless movie. Like, it, it, you yeah. know, like it's. It's the perfect amalgamation of all of it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, um, like, I, another one that I thought was a bit of a snib was Sarah Polly for best director. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Oh, let's how are you going to nominate a movie for best picture and then just be like, but guess it made itself, but it did it itself. Yeah. Agree. But then that's and also literally like in funny the context because, of, Oh, I was just going to say, cause there's 10 best picture nominees, five best director nominees. So yeah, mm-hmm. I guess Which, like, happen, I get that but... there are different things, but I think especially in a year where it's all male nominees, literally seven female directors have been nominated in the whole history of the Oscars and three have won. Um, I don't know. It's it's not a good look. <laughs> it's not but a like, good look. But like we've, I mean, we won't talk about it at length. We've talked about it a lot. The Oscars have a diversity problem. They're obviously right. making efforts to amend that, but still... Literally 6% of nominees in the 95-year history of the Oscars have been people of color. Um, 2% have been women of color. 17% of all nominees have been women. So there's work Mm -hmm. to do. But that's, yeah, there's work to do, but that is definitely a symptom of a much bigger, realer problem with who gets to make their art, right? Mm, Like, that's that's the root cause of this whole thing. And... mm. Well, there is this whole, like, because, you know, maybe Jordan Peele didn't even lobby to be in the Oscars, and he wanted to show it in some theater, and so he's just out on, like, this technical yeah. whatever. There is and a so that too. It, it, there is this whole, like, thing of, like, the game of it, and it's this bittersweet thing, because, like, the Brendan Fraser story is wonderful, and, like, I'm happy he's back, and, you know, better to have someone who was, you know, down, and bring them back up, and awesome... But, like, did he do it the most tactful way? I don't think... Not, not yeah. necessarily, right? Yeah. Like, And, you know, that's the project that brings it... You know, it's just weird. It's all just of, strange. Yeah, all of the four top four performing uh, winners have an amazing story. And, like... And it's really heartwarming, but it's also, like... You know, Jamie Lee Curtis's character rustled papers. Like, I yeah. don't remember doing anything in everywhere all at once, but... <laughs> Yeah, like, she was good, but literally Stephanie Shu could have been nominated for Best Actress. Like, you could argue that Joy is the main character of is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah. It, it's, it's and, bad. like, it couldn't have worked <laughs> like, without her. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's that classic thing, too, of, like, oh, people, like, people make the argument, oh, it's in recognition of Jamie Lee's, like, whole career. But it's like, well, that's not how it works, though. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'll- it's supposed to be. It's not how it's supposed to be, but it is how it works. Yeah. Mm. And I think there's also, like, a generational gap in terms of, like, what, um, you know, people expect out of a Best Supporting Actress and what she did. 
because I do think like a lot of younger people, like that performance would ring true in mm. a, a bunch of different ways that maybe again, you know, the people looking at it who are likely older mm. mm-hmm. uh, are not as into it. It's just, yeah, it's a confusing time. Well, even me. I had to avert my eyes a few times. <laughs> there was a few flashing scenes that left took my breath away. <laughs> oh, a little um, overwhelming. But yeah, on just to, sorry, just to quickly come back to the Brendan Fraser thing, I mm-hmm. did just want to say like I am so excited for the moment when we all get on the same page about fat suits because literally of the five movies nominated for hair and makeup, three of them contain fat suits. Like, and it just is like unquestioned, completely like, like they literally introduce when they were introducing. The hair and makeup category they literally referred to the character as the whale like just completely dehumanizing fat people mm-hmm. and it's just like <sighs> yeah hair and makeup is a funny one because they're like for a lot of these categories it's like the one that does the most of it that's the one mm. that sticks with you so like i did the most hair and makeup like you'll get nominated or like Best editing, it's like, I might not notice a lot of really beautiful editing, but I'll notice in everything, everywhere all at once when the editing is extreme mm. crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, Sanj, Brendan Fraser lost weight to play that role. Right? Like, like what are we doing? <laughs> like, what, is the, what does this even mean? So, yeah. Well, anyway. to support the massive fat suit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like... <laughs> to, be, to build strength. Gotta to slim, do, slim down to get in there, buddy. <laughs> anyway, it's wild. Uh, spoiler alert, does not like the Oscars a ton. We like um, But It's so weird, yeah. Well, but I was really excited about everything everywhere all at once winning so much, I will say. Yeah, True. we might as well. We've been talking about them a lot. Well, let's get into them. Let's get into They it. won. They really cleaned house. I forget how many they actually ended up walking away with, but it was a ton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a quick recap. They won Best Picture, Best Director, uh, Michelle Yeoh, uh, everything Best Actress, read the wrong line there, uh, <laughs> Kia Kwan, Best Supporting Actor, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, every, Best Supporting Actress. I, I got to learn to read you guys. That's best okay. Original Screenplay. Uh, and I think that is it on my list here. Yeah, seven, I think. Yeah, um, which is incredible. That's crazy. Uh, and they were yeah. nominated for more. Yeah, they were nominated yes. for 11, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, yeah. it was the most imaginative thing I've mm-hmm. seen in years, like, and definitely this year. Yeah, like, it just, I mean, we've talked a lot about this movie. I don't think we need to talk about it a ton because no. literally just go back to several episodes from this year and we talk about it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I love how original it is. I love... That it, I love that it's focused on middle-aged people. I love that it's focused on Asian people. I love, like, the specific story it's telling about, like, family dynamics and, like, making the most out of your life. And one of the things that I really, really love, I was really excited to talk about this, is that I saw a, a clip of Daniel Kwan, one of the Daniels who wrote and directed it, talking about how through the process of the movie... They were doing research and they were like, you know what? We think that Evelyn might have undiagnosed ADHD. And because, which I agree with and think she does. It's a very ADHD movie. Um, 
And through that process, Daniel Kwan realized that he had ADHD and went on to get diagnosed. And he said that it has like really helped his life and like was really transformative for him. And I just got like really touched and excited when I heard that because ADHD doesn't get a lot of like mainstream representation. Like I don't know if I even know of a single other movie that's like explicitly like canon ADHD. And yeah, it makes so much sense to me. Like, I don't know. Anyway, I love it. ADHD cinema forever. <laughs> I think it's so cute. Uh, I Well, I think that a few of the movies, I'll, we'll talk about them. Uh, they Movies do a really great thing and they make you feel in a way that <laughs> is pretty, but it's really close to the way that we live. You know, like it, like that's what it's mimicking is this like weird uh, meat robot experience that we all live yeah. every day. Uh, <laughs> that's what we are. Uh, anyway, and I think that we maybe sort of are entering into a time where we're making stuff that's a bit more focused on that because like we've we've seen the spectacle, right? We've marveled it. We got it. We're good. You know, and now maybe we're sort of looking at things from a more like emotional standpoint and we're more interested in like mm. really understanding like, oh, visually this makes no sense. It's crazy. Uh, you know, and half of my family members kind of can't watch this movie. Right. Mm. Like, it's just that, like they don't get it. It's too boring. And too they don't boring. understand what's going on. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, like if you like if you're not like hooked in on interdimensional travel in like a, yeah. at one point. Like, you're totally lost, and then you're just seeing stuff, right? Like, it's like... Yeah. It, you know, it's it's a Marvel movie with, 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 no, with no thread for some people, maybe. But um, I do think it's kind of, like, maybe an important moment where it is, like, let's not, you know, we'll make it look beautiful. We'll make it look interesting. We'll make... Well, we'll check all those boxes. But let's just make something to convey a small feeling in a human person. Like, that's yeah, it. That's need, all it is. You need a heart. Like... Of my other, one of my favorite films this year, also Banshees of Inishirin, mm-hmm. it also has like a major heart uh, and feeling behind it. Like, th- it's literally like, you made me feel this way and it's like affecting the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. other films of this, like, you know, I watched Triangle of Sadness today and it's a great film, um, but there is no one that has any heart in it. They're all mm. terrible people. And so it's kind of distancing where you're like, that was an amazing film to watch. And there's so many things I liked about it, but I'm like, you know, not, it's not going to stick with me for that long. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Unlike our girl. Our okay. Girl, yeah. And like that will stick with me for a long time. Yeah. Um. Okay. Are there any nominations that you were surprised made it in and that could be across any any category uh i i i am surprised of avatar and of top gun yeah those uh, two can... really stuck out to me as a, yeah and oh jerry's done thinking now <laughs> what do you mean, do you mean thank you because <laughs> you didn't answer that question before now you are uh, yeah maybe i feel like i answered it uh <laughs> anyway um it it is uh I don't know. I feel like five years ago we were talking about this on air and it was like, are they just going to make like a most popular category? Yes. For, you know, and maybe that seems more appropriate now. You know, like, like I could see 
you know, a few other movies sort of being lumped in with the, the Top Gun Maverick and the Avatar, you know, incredible feats of technology and filmmaking and so much work and like an incredible amount of work to recreate water in a seamless way <laughs> that we experience it and sort of like all this extra stuff going on and people like, I don't, I don't know if you guys are in the film community, but there was a <laughs> shot of a person tightening a harness that was like half submerged and people could not figure out how they did it. And the answer is they just, like, made a machine that does it. Wow. The James Cameron way. Incredible. Awesome. I don't want to watch Avatar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I don't I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. There's, I, there's actually, I didn't watch a ton of the nominees this year. And honestly, I the blame lays right at the feet of Studio 7. Oh, if you were here, if you were here, I would have probably taken it a bit more but the, mm. like a lot of them just didn't pass our way and if you think that i sean dunham am dishing out upwards of ten dollars to rent it in my own home you've got <laughs> coming. sean i i have some stuff to tell you about after when we're off air i can't incriminate myself but i know you're going to tell me about illegal streaming but the, <laughs> you little pirate but the thing is the the me as a person, things like that just sometimes don't work. For. No, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> as you know, technology falls falls limp at my hands somehow. Well, you're just a Renaissance man. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anything else that you guys were like that? Well, I mean, like Elvis, but not like I'm not surprised because, of course. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm there's no way it deserves it and I do think that the entire internet turning on Austin Butler and mocking him for the, the way he's continued to use the voice is yeah. funny. I, I also was stop. I was surprised by Anna de Armas too for best actress. Yeah. For that Marilyn movie. Um which was apparently awful. I've heard it was awful. I heard her performance was not very good. Um but again can't completely weigh in opinion-wise cuz I haven't seen. Yeah. Um, I was just like, I don't need to watch another movie about Marilyn's trauma from a Yeah, like, days. when will we finally know where Marilyn is coming from? Talk to right? me about like, Marilyn the Poet or don't talk to me. Who's Marilyn the Poet? She was like a poet and like an intellectual and really studied the craft of acting, but you never hear about that side of her. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, but also, I am burnt out by Marilyn biopics. Well, yeah. Sure. Yeah, and I just don't want to see that blonde wig anymore. <laughs> yeah, I I would say biopics in general at this point. Yeah, and like not you know nomination through like sort of a default sort of situation. I do also believe, if I'm not mistaken, there is like a very Oscar baity project by Will Smith that has been not represented uh, here. It's like it's like something about slavery on Apple TV. That's all. Mm -hmm. I I am. I just know about like a banner across the bottom. Could be a show. I have no idea. But uh, I did chuckle at the fact that it was not here. Mm. Might not have been banned. released at that time. Ooh. But he might have been banned. You're right. <laughs> um, and was there any Oscar campaigns that really stuck to you for better or for worse? This I, I cannot say because I did not witness a single one as far as I know. For me... 
the most bizarre one in recent memory uh, and even lengthier memory was of Andrea Riseborough in mm-hmm. To Leslie, where she had this bizarre groundswell of celebrities tweeting like, everyone has to watch the performance of Andrew Riseborough and two Leslie. And I, everyone was like, who? Who and what? Yeah, I remember after a show one week, you were like, have you guys heard of this woman? Like, who is she? What's happening? And it was just like, it spread like wildfire. And it also was using, everyone was using like the same verbiage. Like it was like, mm. like a chain email, like, Share this, or you're, or you'll have bad luck for ten years. We'll and, give you five uh, bucks if you read the, if you retweet this. Yeah, and she somehow managed to like get in there and knock mm. out some people that were like, coming like Viola Davis and like, uh, the actress from Till. Like they were, mm-hmm. everyone was like, they're gonna be, they're fighting to be in the fifth spot. But then Andrea said, "Oh, watch out!" Oh, you thought. <laughs> Oh, you thought, but she also like didn't. She hasn't. I like. I haven't seen her in any press junket or anything. She just like had this secret underground swelling of support. It's very weird. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, I will say that I did get bombarded by Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, Jamie uh, was everywhere. Yeah, like like it was like it was all all over the place. And there was sort of after um, after he started winning some stuff. Uh, Ki Sonia, can you say his name for me so I can Ki Hai Kwan. Thank you, Ki Hai Kwan. You're so good at that. Anyway, um, yeah, his like his stuff did start popping up once he started to win some stuff, like not beforehand, but yeah. Jamie Lee was well in it, there. It's a delicate you know? dance because if you start getting in people's faces too early, you burn out and then they all turn on you, a la Austin. Mm-hmm. Um. Uncle but Jamie, <laughs> people didn't really turn on her that much. Even though every time she pops up, it's like her being like, Bruce Springsteen needs to play at 1 p.m. Like just <laughs> bizarre like things off the top of her head. But but it's still like people wanna people wanna hear from Jamie. And also that she was so very explicitly supportive of Michelle and very celebratory. Okay. So that was like nice to see too. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Still kind of a weird, I don't know. It's still kind of a weird situation. And there is sort of this whole like lobbying aspect for it, which kind of doesn't make a lot of sense because like we don't, we don't get a say. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's no, we don't influence this mechanism in any way, shape or form. Well, Um, I think the, that, makes us realize the sadder truth, which is that Oscar voters are literally just us and that just will vote for whatever is like cross the timeline. <laughs> well, yeah, like that's what I was going to say is I bet that a lot of the voters are probably somewhat swayed by like public conversation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And with that, we'll have to keep our conversation till after the with, break. With that. With and that. with that. Um, We'll just hop on our yacht and eat some expired seafood, and we'll be back talking Oscars on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. And we are back on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We're going to be talking Oscars in a minute, but first we'll play a little game, lovingly called The Game. It's game time, people! Whoa! Whoa! Blah, 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 blah. 
Wow, uh, don't play me off. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do oh, it. Oh, man. That was a theme from Avatar for the game. Uh, for those who don't know. Wait, just was that it? No, no. Okay, because okay, I was, I was like, like, if it is, that's a miracle because I didn't know. That's a miracle. <laughs> wow. No, you channel John, what you were channeling. John Williams, yeah. is it you? <laughs> yeah, the spirit lives in <laughs> me. So- Sonya's been John this whole time. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend, it was like two or three minutes this week looking for a title related to our topic that these two have hopefully not seen. I tell them the title, they tell me what they think it's about, I tell them what it's really about, we all have a great time. You guys ready to play the game? I am ready. Yeah! Uh, this week's title is An Absolute Gem, and I'm so happy I get to read it. The title is An Ostrich Told Me the World is Fake, and I Think I Believe It. That title again. I'm sorry. <laughs> An ostrich told me the world is fake, and I think I believe it. God, huh. this sounds like a Lana Del Rey album. Yeah, oh my God, literally. <laughs> Point for Sean, it's by Lana Del Rey. No. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay, I got, I got this. Okay. So I think um, a young boy in Kenya, I think there are ostriches in Kenya. I hope so. <laughs> There might be um, one. A, a young boy in a place where ostriches are thematically appropriate. <laughs> where I believe they are. Um, he uh, gets in trouble one afternoon and decides to run away from home. Uh, but he gets turned around and loses himself in the desert-ish, like wilderness. And uh-uh. he's, you know, ra- grappling with some big questions about life, being like a preteen. And then he meets um, this ostrich. That at first has its head buried in the sand and then pops out and starts philosophizing at him. Um, And they go on a little adventure together and uh, the ostrich basically convinces him that we don't have a shared reality. um, That we're all living in an imagined world. It's pretty trippy. That is trippy. Who plays the ostrich? Um, Kiki Palmer. Oh, <laughs> just because like she'd be good in literally anything. That's really fun. Okay, okay. Um, so I believe that this is a documentary film, oh. and I believe it is about a worker that works at a zoo, um, and he's a very sort of lonely man, but he forms uh, a bit of an intimate relationship with an an ostrich that lives there, oh. and he um, has his lunch with him and. Uh, and hangs out with him all the time sometimes after hours and it's getting him like in trouble at the zoo that he keeps popping in popping out to the ostrich enclosure and then one day the ostrich just dies and then the man has yeah and the man has a big existential crisis and holds a holds a service for the ostrich and then is like decides to like change his life in accordance to what he believes the ostrich would have wanted him to do Wow. It's pretty sad. Wow. It's gonna wow. be sad. Uh thank you guys. Okay. Wow. That's that's awesome. Uh Sean, you're wrong. Sons, you're pretty close. <gasps> wow. Uh I don't know. I don't know if we're point worthy here. We're uh, flirting with half, points, maybe? are we? Quarter, quarter maybe. Point? Well well we'll see. Uh you like you've got the you've got points. You've got, you've got parts of it, but not the real soul. Mm. Um an ostrich told me the world is fake and I think I believe it. Uh is a uh, Australian stop motion animated short. It's eleven minutes. I was gonna say uh, Australia, but I was like, no, they have emus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They've got everything. Uh, 
made by student filmmaker, this might be the best name I've ever read in my life, Lachlan Pendragon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, so I'm going to read the first two sentences of this summary and then no more because it sounds so fun and everyone should watch it. Okay. 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 Neil is an office worker trying and failing to sell toasters from his cubicle and mm. he is threatened with termination by his boss. Gradually, he begins to experience hallucinations of his world being fake, including seeing the blinking green screen and realizing that some props are missing from his co-workers cubicles <laughs> oh my gosh that sounds really intense uh it looks good it's super fun uh as always you know what sanj i think there's, there's more than I'm talking, half a point for sanj <gasps> wow you've got, you've, you've got the core of it i think um incredible anyway uh everyone watch this it's 11 minutes of your day it's probably one of the best 11 minutes of your day and uh, we all need to we all need to stop needing things in a commercial format. Yeah. You know, like like I think I would like to see a best picture that's like 12 minutes someday. That would be amazing. So true. That. That's a great idea. I would love that. You guys, thank you for playing the game. It's always great. Thank um, you it, for playing the game. <laughs> thank you. And thank for you. giving my opponent a point. <laughs> half, half a point. And not I. But yeah, a that's whole fine. half a point. A whole half a point. But you guys, the game this week is brought to you by the CJTR Membership Drive. And it is on now until Monday, April 24th. Buy a new membership or renew your current membership today and become part of the CJTR community. As a member of CJTR, you'll receive benefits like programmer bidding rights, the ability to join our board, and exclusive giveaways and more. Membership... Oh my god. Memberships. 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 (laughs) memberships start at only $30 a year with a special two, three, and five-year discount rate. In addition to our regular membership perks, if you renew or purchase your membership before the end of Monday, April 24th, you get an exclusive CJTR Community Radio Lover pinback button. Okay. Go to cjtr.ca to purchase your membership online today. Or call CJTR at 306-525-7274 to learn more. You guys, I like being a part of CJTR because it gives me the opportunity to, well, number one, uh, goof around with you you guys and Uh make some fun content and whatnot. Uh, But also, I feel like I might die if I don't do this show on a regular basis because time loses meaning if we stop doing it. Wow. And we've had this happen. It gets freaky. Yeah. Okay. We did take that wild summer break that one time. And it it felt like years had passed and only a moment at the same time. When you you came back, you had a deep red sunburn with no knowledge of how it happened. (laughs) Yeah. You guys. Uh, So... Uh, you know, do your part in keeping the space-time continuum in order <laughs> and join CTR today. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Do it. Beautiful. For a membership. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jair. Okay. Yep. Let us get back into Oscar films. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you guys watch this week? I know the Sonny, you put in some you put in some work. I did because there were quite a few that I wanted to see, and I still haven't seen all the ones I wanted to see. Um, but one, the first one that I watched, which I absolutely loved, and I think it was a very deserved win, 
was The Elephant Whisperers, which won Best Documentary Short. Um, and this is by Indian director Kartiki Gonzalez. Um, and it's about a um, an indigenous couple in Tamil Tandu in South India who um, work for an elephant refuge and um, adopt um, an orphan baby elephant named Ragu, who's so sweet and cute, and I love him. Um, and it's just basically about, like, their experience raising him and kind of, like, their worldview. Um, it's I really appreciated that it kind of, like, really explored, like, their kind of indigenous perspective and the way that um, their relationship to nature and how, you know, sacred the elephants are for them. Um, I just feel like it's it's a perspective that doesn't get represented, especially on a stage like this very often. Um, and it's just a really beautiful film. It's on Netflix. Um, it's only like 50 minutes long. And uh, yeah, just really touching and really beautiful. Um, one kind of unfortunate thing is that when they were accepting the Oscar, they only let uh, the director speak. And then as soon as the producer, Gunit Manga, got up to speak, they instantly started playing the music. And what's really frustrating is that literally like the next award, um, two white French guys won and they both got to speak for quite a long time. And so it just is one of those things where you're like, okay, I don't want to make heavy accusations here, but this looks not great. And it just sucks to cut off certain voices when those voices already aren't represented enough. But yeah, really good one. That sounds very cute. Uh, yeah, you will cry probably if you watch it, if you have a heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If okay, that's puting that in. Yeah. Um, uh, Jeremy, what did you? Heart did you watch <laughs> anything? This uh, did you watch it? I watched. Uh, no, uh, I watched a. Yeah, I just definitely wouldn't cry. Uh, I watched a very similar movie to Sonya. Uh, it's unfortunately a remake called All Quiet on the West. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Uh, again, a lot of elephants. <laughs> this, no, I cannot. All. It's so funny that that's the one that you chose to watch. It's like the one uh, that I was like never gonna watch that one. I looked at the list, and I thought, "What is the like?" I I tried to pick one that we could like all watch, and then one that I knew you wouldn't watch. Yeah, and I knew you wouldn't watch. You chose <laughs> yeah, you correct. Right. So, um, I I have to open. With the fact that I think this might be one of the most beautiful films mm. I have ever seen in my life. And it is so well made and so carefully made. Um, now, you know, Oscar winner James Friend won for Best Cinematography. I would be blown away if he did not win um, because of what they made. It is absolutely stunning. It like Like, each shot, I was just like, and it kind of has like these like, but isn't Wes each Anderson? shot of, um, like, a boy getting its head squished? <laughs> yeah, no, that's part two of what I'm about to talk about. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, but, um, like, they're, like he's definitely got, like, Wes Anderson things going on and thoughts. And there are, like, just really interesting visual things happening all of the time. Uh, the characters don't speak a lot. Mm. Uh, I'm very happy to say they all speak in the languages they're supposed to. So there's no English. Mm. Um and again, it does have this very big vibe of just conveying feeling in like a really human way. And it is an incredible p- thing. I don't like that it's a remake. That makes me sad. But they did a beautiful job on this. I don't think I've ever seen anything more brutal mm. since Platoon. And the way that these 
men are depicted at fighting is horrifying and it is so shocking Mm -hmm. like i can't like i can't even describe like they are running across a muddy field full of bodies shooting each other they all miss because they're running across a field so then they do the next logical thing which is beat each other to death with shovels and everything is depicted as real as i think it ought to be or care to see for that matter uh and it's definitely like I had to I had to take breaks. Yeah. Uh yeah, like it was it was absolutely horrific. And in being what All Quiet on the Western Front should be, it's incredibly successful. Because it just shows like how worthless it is. Um I gotta remember names about actors who are in it. Uh there is one famous guy, Daniel Brule. Yeah, from oh, yeah. uh yeah. uh Glorious Bee Turds. Y- yeah. Uh, are arguably the most well one of the most famous german actors at the moment i would say uh, at least in north american terms uh and he it's sort of the whole thing's contradicted between the men fighting and then these guys trying to figure out if they can end the war mm-hmm. and like give up and then a general who's like kind of a, a d-bag and orders like an assault in the last 30 minutes before it ends so it's just like useless anyway yeah um uh it is crazy it's very good i don't I don't know if I can recommend this to people. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, like, you Everyone know, like, that I've talked to is like, it's disgusting. It is. I'm it's, like, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. But like, as it should be, right? Like, there's, yeah. I would say there's some utility in like really putting under the microscope how horrific the First World War was, especially now that we don't have anyone left who was there. And like, we're yeah. in a political moment where like, it's probably useful for us to have some thoughts about the senselessness of war. Mm-hmm. so but yeah I, does that I mean, mean i want to watch it not necessarily uh it's pretty good though yeah like, i know that's the thing know, like, like i want thing. to because it's good but i don't do great uh-huh. before they need to do that thing where they like put cats up in front of the, <laughs> the <laughs> i'll just watch happen. it with my eyes covered like a movie. <laughs> but there there would be whole scenes that are just cats yeah right? you know, like it was oh. just 12 cats standing beside um, each other i will say that i do think like this is so one for best foreign language film which is a stupid category. Uh, it didn't win. Like, it's not as good as every everything, everywhere, all at once. It's still very good. But I do think that we just need to, like, be okay with non-Hollywood things yeah. happening. Because, like, it's not... I Like, I'm at the point where I would just like to hear things in the language that they should be. I don't want to watch Tom Cruise be a Nazi defector and have the language thing be all weird. Yeah. And I think we can handle it. I think mm-hmm. we're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very good. You should watch it on Netflix. Okay. Thank you cool. so much. Thank you. Um, I watched Triangle of Sadness, mm-hmm. which I have been, it's been locked and loaded for me for a while, but I just was like, I thought at some point it would come into theaters or something and it never really did. So I broke down and bought, not, I rented it, not mm. bought it. Um. But yeah, it's uh, it's about these two model influencer types that are just kind of living their their strange life of like being poor but getting things because of how beautiful and they are. And so they go onto a uh, they get a trip onto a cruise and then disaster strikes on the on the yacht. They're with like a bunch of very rich people. And then they eventually the ship goes down and they have to survive on an island. And the 
shift in status changes drastically when they're on the island from the rich Russian oligarch that was like, you know, on top on the boat. And then now on the island, this like toilet cleaner lady named Abigail is like very adept at hunting and uh, fishing and making fires. And she is now the captain and everyone is rattled completely to the core by it. And like throughout it all, there's still like, you know, like a nice perfume will wash up on shore and they'll all like celebrate because they'll be like, wow, but they're like literally starving. It's, it's like, (laughs) it's a very funny, you know, I guess indictment of, you know, rich capitalist society, but it also, nobody is good. Like nobody is a nice person. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also was kind of putting it off because one of the stars, Charlie, Charlie Dean, died like super tragically, like randomly oh. right before the, the film was released in August. And so she, you know, and uh, she wasn't even in the, this year's uh, In Memoriam, even though she was like the lead in a Best Picture nominee. So that was kind weird. of weird. It was Ooh. weird. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, and then the second act on the boat, you will not believe it. It things get so wild because the the ship kind of enters a storm and uh chaos runs amok on the ship. There there's it's just like a, a scene that you will never forget when you see it. It's hilarious and revolting and disgusting. But yeah. I do rec- mm. I do say that you should watch it. Yeah, it's on my list for I had sure. a great time. I've heard really good yeah. things. It's a good yeah. title, too. Yeah. It is. Uh, Sanj, can I ask a question unrelated to that? Yeah. As we move through the show. Uh, are you not super upset about Marcel, the show with shoes on? Um, I'm not super upset. Marcel, the show with shoes on was a masterpiece, um, as I said, as I've gone on record as saying. But I did also watch uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio this week, which beat it for um, animated feature. And like, mm-hmm. I can't I can't be mad because that's also quite a masterpiece. Um, it was a masterpiece. It's stop motion, which is so, so cool. And I think like, both of them are stop motion and it just really speaks to like, I think there is a real hunger for that kind of like craft and like, you know, that like handcrafted work where it's labor intensive, it's not all digital, um, but it's beautiful. And, you know, as with so many Del Toro features, he made it about fascism, which you got to love him for because we do need to be having those combos as well. And Yeah, he just, I think he adapted the story in such a beautiful way in terms of, like, the relationship between Pinocchio and Geppetto and, like, the exploration of grief. And and it was also just, like, really charming and fun. Um, Fun shout-out to Kate Blanchett, who was in two of the things I watched this week, one of which was this, as Spazzatura (laughs) the monkey, which I just think is so funny. I was like, I don't even remember the monkey saying anything. It literally is just like... Yeah, it's mostly vocalizations. He says, like, a couple things, I think. Um, But, yeah, the animation was stunning. I thought it was really touching. Did you guys see it? I have. It was beautiful. I did did cry. Yeah. It's exploration of grief, which is something you don't really think about with Pinocchio. 
but it's true. Like he is a wooden boy that <laughs> will see everyone around him die. Yeah. And will just live this cursed life of being a boy forever. And it's kind of, and it's really intense when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, and it's kind of funny because um, Dimension 20, the like um, live play D&D show from uh, College Humor, uh, their current season right now is called Never After. And it's like a horror genre um, with fairy tale characters. And one of the player characters is Pinocchio. And so it was kind of interesting, like they're kind of exploring some of the same themes and stuff with like the kind of dark side of Pinocchio. And so it was just interesting that like, it's just funny how those things pop up and, and are like yeah. parallel. Catch the attention. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you feel hurt that Pauly Shore was cast in that other Pinocchio and that he maybe would have done better here than (laughs) than Ewan? No, I actually... No, Ewan played uh, Jiminy Cricket. Oh, who played Pinocchio? A little boy. Like a boy. His his name... uh, Hang on, I have it. When can I go and be on my own? Yeah, Gregory Mann, I think it is. Uh, And he was really cute. He had a really cute little voice. His, His song. Yeah. Oh. Loved it. And Tom Kenny, um, who vo- voiced SpongeBob SquarePants, was a bunch of the characters as well. And I just think that's really funny. Oh. <laughs> that <is> funny. <laughs> including, including, I think, Mussolini, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and I love, I love a good, I love a good laughing at fascists moment. And I forgot that. that Mussolini does a little cameo. <laughs> yeah. Little <laughs> being the operative in. word. Um, Jeremy, any, any other things you get eyes on this week? Uh, I would like to mention uh, a couple movies that I have seen way too much for the year. Uh, and this is, it's always a fun thing because I am tied to the child of the show mm-hmm. who is sort of an unfiltered uh, sort of like, will like tell me what's going on with the young crew and like, I'll get all that. Um, oh. One of which, uh, these are of course both like 3D animated as you expect to see. Uh, so I'm, I, they're both good. Uh, one of, well, I'm going to mention Sea Beast. It was pretty good. It's very fun. It's kind of like a, a mix on a tale we've all seen before, but there's some good comedy in Sea Beast, so you should check it out maybe. Uh, and then, of course, we do have to talk about Turning Red uh, mm-hmm. by Domi Shi. Uh, I've seen this movie, I'm going to say, 700 times, I think. Wow. Um, and it is really touching and fun and kind of in an incredible way as like a amazing coming-of-age story. We all know that uh, my number two song was, of course, from Four Town this year <laughs> on right. Spotify Wrapped. I can't I believe you've mentioned it again. <laughs> that is that is not a joke. That is what happened for real. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, it's really good to kind of just see something about an Asian family in Toronto. Yeah. In, from yeah, the 90s. totally. You know, like, like, I can't think of any more random of a dice roll for, than that. And, like those are stories that we should hear about and I don't know who's not liking it. You know, like it's just a weird, a weird thing. So, uh, if you haven't seen turning red, uh, you know, it's sort of a, a tale as old as time <laughs> in, a, yeah. in a way. Yeah, um, yeah. Honestly, but, um, you should, you should check it out cause it's fun. And yeah. uh, it's a really great movie. Um, speaking of songs, I watched the best picture or the best, original song winner uh the move the film it was from is called rrr mm-hmm. and <laughs> and they went for their song not to not to and that song is a bop it slaps. and the dancing is insane incredible 
And yeah, you should just watch the the physicality in this film is outrageous. It's kind of like wackadoo film, but you will you'll be shook by like what these people's bodies are doing. Mm. Yeah, I've heard it's Mm -hmm. really good. It's true. Yeah, it's wild. Sonia. Yeah, the can time I has come for you to speak of Tar? To speak of Tar. This is a movie I've been wondering about and thinking about and like knew nothing about since since I first heard of it. But I just was like, Tar, I don't, what is it? Um honestly, it's hard to explain. But Kate Blanchett plays Lydia Tar, who's like one of the world's foremost like composers and conductors. She's like a super famous classical musician who is like at the pinnacle of her career, she's about to record this, like, live symphony recording. Um, and then, I guess you, you kind of can't really spoil it, but there's some indiscretions of hers, some mm-hmm. misdeeds start to come to light. And basically her life kind of starts to unravel. But it's super, it's, it's, I need to watch it again, honestly, because it's just, like, so rich with, like, visual metaphor and just, like, all these, like, kind of little, little fleeting moments that are, like, foreshadowing and... Um, yeah, just like you, um, I watched some clips of her and the director, Todd Field, talking about, like, their prep for the film. He wrote it for her, and they just, like, had such a deep sense of, like, the character's backstory, and, like, I feel like that all really kind of plays out in this, like, super complex performance from her, and it grapples with some pretty, I think, like, interesting and, and important stuff in an interesting way, and, yeah, I don't know, uh, really good really really good yeah i it is tailor-made for me and i still haven't found my way to it again because i have to dish out my ducats to see it yeah uh sanj uh how many black swan points does it have Ooh. what's the what's the scale uh that's up for you to uh, you get to decide it's from white swan to black swan two i would yeah i would say two two black swans out of two Oh, oh, dang. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Wow. It gets it dark. It's perfect. it's like, it's tense. Like, you don't know what's going to happen at any given moment. Yeah, so. I, do, I need to get in. Yeah. Um. Any last comments, concerns, queries before we end our film? Our film it show? was a good year. Like, there's a lot to talk about, but there were some really good films this year for the Oscars. There was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, it's sort of a situation of like, Oscars, we like what you do. We just don't like how you do it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I look at I look at this list and for the most part, like I've either seen or plan to see most, you know, like we haven't talked about it, but the Batman mm. was a, uh, mm. on a lot for a lot of visual things, which is cool. Uh, maybe it wor- was worth it. Sean didn't like that it was two movies. Um, yeah. But like... I don't know. I have not interacted with the Fablemans at all yeah. at this point. No, I haven't. Will. I haven't met the Fablemans. I probably <laughs> won't. Um, but uh, for as much as we watched, it was probably just as much that we haven't yet. Yeah. So. And with that, we'd like to thank Saskatoon's The Garys for letting us use their song Manatuna for our theme song. We'd like to thank everyone here at CJTR and all of you at home for leading us, lending us your ears. We're broadcast Wednesdays at 6, Fridays at 3, and are available as a podcast on Spotify, Apple Play, and everywhere else podcasts are played. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, so follow us and interact with us, and have a good night. Bye. See ya.